Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. It's fair to say that, as a mother, I'm not an expert on male genitalia. There are many things about boys that I assume my husband will take take care of. Having said that, one should never assume. So what do we need to know about penises when it comes to our sons? Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko is a GP who is here to help. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Well, thank you. Let's start at the very beginning. Yes. <laughs> Where is the medical evidence at when it comes to circumcision? Oh, you've started this with the most <laughs> controversial, <laughs> tricky question. It is tricky, isn't it? It is. Well, the current recommendations just based on medicine is that you really can leave nature alone. However, there are studies out there that say by circumcising, you decrease the risk later on of catching sexually transmitted infections. But in all honesty, I think now what medical professionals are recommending from the medical perspective is that you really can leave things alone. However, there are obviously other cultural reasons why people may go ahead. And I think that's really for a personalized, individualized conversation with someone's medical professional too. And also it's always got to do with the partner too, I find. Definitely. So you can say culture, there's definitely cultures that have circumcision as part of their religious practice. But then you've got men who are circumcised saying, I want my son to look like me. And then you've got the mothers arguing with them. Yes, but then they won't look like they're they're not their siblings, their peers. Yes, absolutely. So it becomes a much more emotive thing. But uh, medically, right. it's purely don't need to go there if you don't want to. Yes, that's that's okay. that's what we're saying. But you will find studies here and there that will so oppose that things. and say different things related to. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to have that <laughs> conversation again. Yes. <laughs> um, do we know whether it is? still more popular to leave them uncircumcised. So, for example, when I was a child, it would have been more popular for boys to be circumcised. Is it now more popular to leave them uncircumcised? Yes, it is. Absolutely. It is from my perspective and my practice, it seems to be most people, except if there's that religious or cultural reason, are are leaving the foreskins on. Okay. So here we go. We've got some detailed questions we understand people are concerned about. Yes. Why are some babies' testicles bigger or smaller than others and does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. Um, Everyone's unique and as children and babies grow, obviously things will will come into their own. Uh, They do seem quite big though, that's right. Newborn babies do often have quite large testicles compared to say even the penis itself. I think what the issue really is, as long as there's two testicles that are descended down into those scrotal sacs, so if you only feel one, or you only you feel zero, but you've got the scrotal sacs, then you do need to go and, and see your doctor or paediatrician. So when does that normally happen? When does it occur, the dropping of the scrotum into the scrotum? What yeah. did you call it? Scrotal, scrotal sacs. Scrotal sacs. Okay. <laughs> yes. um, no, basically, well, at birth, when we do our, our baby checks and when checks occur in the hospital, you know, often day two, day three, and then also at the six-week check, we 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 do make sure that there are two descended testes. So they should be there at birth. But sometimes they're not, and that's okay. It can be dealt with. 
but it does need to be dealt with. And now, so when you say dealt with, is that a surgical procedure? Potentially, okay. potentially. Um, the other thing is with size, sometimes there can be little what we call hydrocils, a collection of fluid or, or what have you that are attached to the testicle. So when the you know, doctors are doing those checks in the hospital um, or at six weeks. We're just sort of feeling the testicles often to see because if there is one side or if a parent or caregiver notice that one testicle does seem different to the other, it is worth still taking them along. Nothing to panic over, but it is worth just taking them along and just having it seen too. Sometimes there's these little cysts that are nothing to worry about and they actually, you know, absorb and decrease over time. But it's good to know that they're there so they can be observed. And with the, um, if you notice that one hasn't descended, yes. What is the general time frame that you would leave it for to see if it falls on its own without? Yeah, you, help? you 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 wouldn't sit on on it. You're not panicked, but you wouldn't sit on it. You would actually just make an appointment. Make go an in appointment. As soon as you can. Correct. Okay. Correct. You don't have to rush there. You can do it. You know, <laughs> within days to so a week. I had no yes. idea that was a thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. ever remember checking my son. I mean, he's fine now, but I... Well, the, the testes start up in the abdomen. Yeah. And so they descend down um, Whilst through the inguinal region. Yes. Oh. And so by birth, we want them in the scrotal sacs. Right. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> yes. There's risk associated, but not sort of panic station right in that moment, but yep. long term if there is an undescended testes. So that's why we worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so off to your GP if you've noticed that it hasn't descended. Yeah. Now, speaking about um, uncircumcised children, mm-hmm. how should we be teaching them to take care of it? Yes. Because that could be something that even dads don't really know if they've been circumcised. Yeah, no, they don't often and they feel uncomfortable as well talking about it. Oh, it often ends up, you know, often with the female caregiver, not always. Um, but basically the key is don't force anything. That's okay. the key message with penises, <laughs> um, particularly the younger, but 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 all the way up as well. Often um, babies are born where the foreskin, which is the flap that goes over the end, the glands bit of the penis, is quite difficult to retract and then it becomes more retractable over time, over years. But the key is don't forcibly retract or forcibly do anything with the penis. Obviously keep it clean, just warm, you know, water. Definitely if there is a foreskin and it is retractable in the older age group, well, yes, pull it back gently, gentle wash, and then make sure you, you, you know, retract it back. When you say older age group, what age would you start maybe doing that? I mean, obviously if it's not retracting, you would leave it be until it is, but... I mean, the the young, the primary school age group okay. and beyond. Um, I was thinking becomes, too, so I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it becomes. I mean, everyone's quite unique, and some penis and foreskin are more retractable than others. Okay, but certainly by two, there might be a little bit of retraction going on. But I, you know, at yeah, that yeah. age group, I think <laughs> they do need to learn. Obviously, start learning to do things themselves, but they do need some observation and help often with parents still at, at that age group, okay. and then. You you know, as the years go on and then they, they reach primary school, then certainly I think they can start being a little bit more independent with these things. And but we teach yeah, them to of course. clean and look after it. Correct. Should they be using soap? 
Because I know with young girls, you try to avoid soap with yeah. your vaginas. I mean, to be honest, just warm warm water, a little bit of hypoallergenic or sorbolene-based wash, you know, isn't going to do any harm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think you have to get too fussy over particular products and that can cause, you know, chemical irritation, which is the last thing any boy would want. No. <laughs> can I just say, while we're on the subject of cleanliness, yes. uh, one of my pet peeves, and I think many women will feel this way, is the toilet. Oh, and, yes. Oh, <laughs> Which bit? <laughs> well, the aiming bit for starters. Oh, yes. I mean... And the and cleaning the, up after the aiming exactly, bit. Exactly, <laughs> yes. right? But uh, the other part was whether they should wipe after they go. Yes. Because so many men, I mean, I don't sit in a male no. urinal and no. see what they do, but it just seems to me that men don't wipe their penises after they wee. Yes. And I had this discussion with my husband, sorry to put you in it, mate, but yes. I was like, he should at least tap it dry with a piece of paper. Yes, like yes. Look, I totally agree with you. I think we've mentioned this maybe I in think the we past. Have. And I do agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> I mean, I'm a mum of girls. Um, however, um, yeah, I do agree with you because what often happens is there is a little bit of a dribble. Yes. And then in younger in the younger age group, they often will have that little bit of urine that will then, from that dribble, go on the underwear, which will then sit across the penis and then increase their risk of a bit of chemical irritation. So I agree with you. I don't know why there can't be a quick little, very gentle dab at the end and then yes. we're done with it. Um, I, th- I, I don't think there's any medical reason why not. I would encourage it. However, <laughs> I don't know that it's really the norm and the done thing and you know yes. particularly how boy bathrooms go, not that I've really frequent them but you know they well that they that too (laughs) but they're quite sort of open with it all so they kind of do notice what's going on where we're females it's all closed behind the cubicles and and what have you so if it's not the done thing and the mate next door's not doing it why why would you you probably wouldn't do something different (laughs) okay just clearing that up this you probably don't have the scope for talking about aiming in the toilet oh, in this one. but I'm not um, sure if I can even help with that. <laughs> oh, boy. And you know what? The thing that the thing that's getting my grab is that I know my son started off being able to aim oh, and now I, I watch him and I'm like, mm, yes. no, you're playing now. Yes. Yes, see well, the they see the older water. men get away with it. Oh, Why would you bother then? <laughs> don't. Oh, it's just disgusting. And then mums end up having to clean it up. But you, you know? can never clean. You, <laughs> you need one of those CSI lamps where they do it yes. with the blood. You need it yes. for urine because yes. you just don't know where it could have ended up. Yes. And it takes one drop of urine to make your bathroom stink. <laughs> well, following <laughs> from that, if, if I may, if I yes. may, I have a thing about with my, my youngest is still in preschool mm. and just the laying down I, I don't know probably people are going to get angry at me now with the environment and toilet paper so I, yes. I do apologize however just laying down some toilet paper before females I'm talking now yeah. the females but men too but the females before they can sort of hover yes um putting down a bit of toilet paper to then go to the bathroom because they yes. end up sitting their bottoms on all of that urine probably oh, from men and you know males <laughs> and females and then they get the little papules and the little infections yes. on their skin so there we go. I'll add to the, the gripe about it. Look, we started on penises. We're going to toilet Absolutely. hygiene. It's all related. We'll be back shortly with more from Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko. 
Sometimes parenting can be challenging and sometimes it can be a downright laugh. What we're really talking about is your son thinks babies are made through hugging. You have to rectify this problem then. Because now every time he hugs you, he's like, are you pregnant or am I pregnant? I'm Siobhan Hunt and a Parent Panel is a weekly podcast I host where we invite a mum and a dad to discuss the events and stories of the week. The Parent Panel, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we've talked about cleaning. Yes. Um, now, what do we do if it seems that the penis is red or swollen? Because it seems that that can be a common occurrence. A little yes. bit like when girls, um, it can sting when they wee yes. or get itchy or whatever. And it's yep. very hard to determine when is it, if it's a common occurrence, like when do you take them to a doctor? When is it serious? What do you do about it? Are there creams you should use? Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly it's very common. A little bit of tiny redness that isn't interfering with the the boy urinating or anything like that. You can sit on it probably for a, a day. It depends on the age group as well. So in the younger age group, you want to air it out, you know, regular nappy changes, use barrier creams, etc. Um, and look, there are some over-the-counter things and sometimes we can use very low-dose steroid over-the-counter in that. But I, I'd say in the younger age group, and if you're not feeling confident with it or you haven't dealt with it before, it is still best to go to the health professional. But if it's just very, very, very mild, I think you can try just airing things out in the in the first instance. But if it's getting worse, not healing, then you should go to your doctor. Um, often um, it can just be a little bit of chemical irritation. Um, an infection or balanitis might need you know, a little bit of antibiotics. So that does need review. And usually in those instances, there is some discomfort. It might be discomforting with urination. It is quite red and it's not settling with all those conservative measures. As far as swelling, that's not a good thing. So... I mean, there's lots of different reasons when we talk about the the foreskin, but even with a male that doesn't have foreskin, you know, it can get swollen. But with the foreskin, if there was a forcible retraction and it didn't actually go back into place, you can get quite a bit of swelling or called this thing called phimosis and there's a paraphimosis as well. But basically, swelling of the penis that isn't settling does need medical help. And if it's significant and associated with pain and or fever, it really needs a hospital visit. Mm. Um, so take swollen penises, particularly associated with other symptoms, pain, fever, quite seriously. Going from the penis, just following on from that, any time as well with the testicles, if the testicles are ever changing colour, swollen or painful, take that also very seriously. And that's a hospital visit. Speaking as a woman, knowing nothing about these things, we all know that it is really painful for a man to be hit in the testes. Yes. If that happens to a young child or a, a little a baby or yes, um, is there a point where it's it's not just you know we kind of look at it and go oh it hurts a lot for a yes. while and then it goes away. Is there any time that we should follow up on that? Yeah, because we don't know we don't haven't no. had it happen to no, us. No, you're right. Um, and so basically, it depends on the impact. So if it was witnessed or you were informed about how the incident occurred, if it sounds like it was a massive impact. It might be worthwhile just getting it seen to anyway, but certainly have a look if you're able to and, and just see if there's bruising, swelling, etc. because certainly if there is any bruising or swelling, it does need medical attention and emergency department would be the best bet as far as testicles. But if it's just, you know, there's a small impact, a little bit of bending over, everything's okay and you can get to have a look 
and there's nothing obvious and it's not tender to touch and it's not prolonged, it's probably all right. But prolonged, you know, if say the incident occurred, you know, time zero and there's still discomfort in half an hour, and starting to think, oh, we need to keep a little bit of an eye on this. There's still discomfort. It's not going away. It's not settling. Then you would definitely see to it, even if there wasn't swelling or redness. But you'd want to have a look at it as well. Yeah. Something that I've thought of with my children when it comes to these things, I mean, I will often defer to my husband if it's my son, um, but even with my daughter, I, I still, I'm not a doctor, um, but I am a little bit cautious of running off to a doctor to get um, these sorts of things Absolutely. seen with their genitals because yes. I don't want to expose them to that. What's your approach with, you. with that? Yeah, it is a very sensitive issue. Um, I suppose so talking just about the, the male thing that we were talking about now, If again, if things are very minor and you're on the ball and you're able to at home have a quick look and keep an eye on things, then great. But if you're ever worried, then yes, they do need it seen too. But you always want to have yourself or a trusted caregiver with the child at the time. Um, Doctors are very usually very sensitive about these things and they're not going to have a look if they don't need to. But you can't diagnose or treat something if you don't look at it. So, you know, that's the other thing and thing you don't want to miss something really important by not looking. And same with females as well. If it's more minor and you think you can try a couple of things at home, but again, if it's getting worse or you're really unsure, then yes, being seen to. If their child is of the age where you can have a conversation with them prior, then obviously it's like, well, we, you know, we're going to the doctor, obviously, you know, down below or vagina or penis is hurting a little bit I'm going to be with you it's not something that we would normally show our privates to other people but it is a doctor I'm going to be right by your side and we're going to have a quick look so then they can inform me of the best way forward so I think having a little conversation when they're able and even when they're young just a you know age appropriate brief conversation prior and then so when hopefully the doctor has got enough tact and experience as well to then say and I have my own little spiel as well I say well we normally wouldn't show our privates to other people but you've got mum or dad here and we're just going to have a very quick look. And I actually try to have, so if there's any touching involved, I actually where possible and where a trained hand isn't required. I mean, you try not touch as much as possible is the first thing. And if there is any form of touching involved, I try and have the parent do it or the Mm. caregiver do it. So I'm not that person. So I think it does depend on the age and the situation, but it does need some conversation prior, both by the parent and by the adult. And then you can reinforce that afterwards as well. It's so interesting. And covering up after when you're going to have the conversation, sorry, so that if then you want to sit down and the doctor wants to have a chat with you about what they think it is and how to manage it, don't leave the child up there on the treatment bed. Make sure the underwear, everything, all the clothing's back on and they're back off the treatment bed when you're having that conversation. Yeah. And what I was going to say when you were saying that, what that reiterated to me is the value of having a family GP. Yeah. Because when you're going to the same person and they've started that relationship with them, if you're fortunate, we've been very lucky. Our kids haven't been that sick. Um, But they've come in sometimes just to meet the doctor, just to talk to them and feel comfortable with them. That's really interesting. Um, Now, my final question, can little boys get UTIs? urinary tract infections. We often think it's just something that women get. Yeah, no, they absolutely can for lots of different reasons. And certainly if they're um, in nappies or um, certainly selling daycare and the different new 
you know, going to the bathroom at different times and toileting and hygiene measures and when they start wiping their own bottoms and all these things. So absolutely, same germs. It, they've got a longer tract than women, so they don't get it as often, but they certainly can. Um Little boys who get recurrent UTIs, just like little girls, if they had recurrent UTIs, we wouldn't be happy with that and that would need further investigation. But yeah, it's always possible. And I suppose that's why reiterating, you know, um, all those hygiene measures with children when we're teaching them different techniques yeah. is important. And there's, can I just say one mm. thing going back to the, the the cleanliness thing that we didn't touch on that I probably should just mention is that smegma with um, the white stuff under the penis sometimes when particularly with um, – um, uncircumcised penises where sometimes there's those little white papules or that little cheesy mm. sort of substance don't have parents get um you know don't don't panic about that either it's just sloughing off of the skin yeah and it doesn't need over vigorous cleaning just the gentle wipe is, is fine just same cleaning as always it will eventually settle it's just the the um sebaceous glands down there sort of in action and sloughing off of skin so it doesn't mean that you know, you're dirty or unclean or, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, so yeah. interesting. How, who knew you could have such a oh, conversation about me? <laughs> yes. I didn't. Well, thank you so much for that, Lisa. Thanks for coming. You're very in. welcome. Thanks for having me. That was GP Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko, and you can find her at the website dralicia.com.au. Alicia is spelled E-L-Y-S-I-A. But don't worry, we will put information with links in the description of this episode. Children can cost a lot of money, but exactly how are you spending your money on them? If I'm spending this much on my child now, wouldn't they be better off if I put that in an investment account for them? That's Effie Zarpos, editor of Money Magazine and author of a new book called A Real Girl's Guide to Money. She'll be on the show explaining how we can be smart with our money when we're raising our kids. I hope you'll join me for that on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love.